0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm
1: Daniella. And I'm Jen. And today, we are going to bring you another deep dive into a well-known American designer. Today, we're going to talk about Calvin Klein. So this episode is going to discuss Calvin's backstories, introduction to
0: fashion, what he became known for and why, and where the Calvin Klein
1: brand is today. All right, folks. So we are really excited to get into this episode. So we'll see you at the table. Thank you,
0: everyone, for listening to another episode of Chris Villa. Jen and I want to do like a little mini shout out to all of you, all of our new listeners, all of our listeners that have been here for the past few years. Um, you guys are great, and we've noticed just so much positive feedback and so, so much many love. new followers and new people find the podcast. And it's because of all of you that like share it to your to your network and your following. And we just really appreciate all of you and that you guys are liking the content that we're bringing this year. I feel like we're really mixing it up um, and challenging ourselves to like Absolutely. find the different things to talk about, find different people to bring on, like really <laughs> getting outside of our comfort
1: zone in a lot of these episodes. <laughs> Yes, no, absolutely. We we just want to say thank you for all the love and the support that you have all showed us. We, like Daniela said, um, you know, I've really enjoyed the the messages and when people, you know, can relate to the things that we're talking about here. Like Daniela said, we're really trying to hard to just like branch out of just like the everyday topics that we kind of hear about in reselling and really thinking about all the different aspects, right? That come with reselling, whether it is, you know, actually about selling on a platform or, you know, deep diving into brands or looking at trends or, you know, just the the, um, the everyday issues and problems that you might face in your business, whether it's physically or mentally, you know, we really want to discuss all these topics. So again, we're really open to anybody who has any amazing ideas that they would love us to talk about on this show and you know or if you know of somebody that you think is just absolutely killing it and doing something amazing that you think that would be great for us to interview or maybe yourself you know wants to be interviewed um you know reach out to us we're we're very open I like to say we're very approachable. Right. Then we we are. are. I think we are.
0: Right. <laughs> I think so. I think we're approachable. I also love that so many of you now are reaching out to us on our Instagram and specifically saying like, Hey, I specialize in this. Do you think I can be on? Like you guys can do that all the time. Like don't feel intimidated to DM us and ask us
1: that because yes, we want you on like, Absolutely. please do it. <laughs> Yes. 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 It's, it's exciting. I think it's exciting and it's a fresh take, right? To hear different people's perspectives on things. Um, and you never know what you're going to learn from somebody who's doing something completely different, but they might have like that one piece of information that might be the key to help you in whatever your current situation or current challenges.
0: Yeah. And I think these episodes where we're diving into specific designers, this is something that we're definitely going to carry through. And I think we've kind of discussed this the beginning of the year, we want to focus on American designers right now, um, but we do want to branch out eventually, but I feel like there's so much about American designers that we don't necessarily know as resellers, like I don't think we really truly understand why these brands are what they are, and even though some of them may seem like they don't have um, a resale value or following in resale, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised to know that there are aspects of these brands that yes, may seem like your traditional mall brand, but there's a lot to it that people still look for or they want. And I think it's all about the price point, which we're gonna do a whole segment on that in the second half of the show. The first half, we're gonna talk about the history of Calvin. So um, he's a very interesting person. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like what Calvin Klein looks like he's, he's very, um, what's the word? Eccentric, I guess,
1: like. Eccentric, over the top. I just feel like, yeah, he definitely has, um, he definitely does not look like an easygoing kind of person.
0: Uh, no, no. I would be intimidated by him. I'm not. Like if he was my boss, I'd be intimidated and a little afraid. Um, but his vision is what really makes him well known. So, Calvin Klein's full name is Calvin Richard Klein. He was born November 19th, 1942. So he's an old man. He's an old man. He was born in the Bronx, which... Like when I read that, I was like, that totally makes sense. He's a New Yorker. Like he's very New York. Feel that. Very New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a mill child and his grandmother was a seamstress and his mom had a love for arts. And I think this Mm. is a theme that we're seeing. And when we're talking about these designers, right? These American designers, someone, whether it was mom, dad, whoever it was, was either involved in seamstress work or had some type of passion for the arts. I feel like we saw that with Levi, right? saw mm-hmm. that with Halston when I did that episode with Lori, like we're seeing it across the board and it makes sense. This is how they're getting their introduction into what creating.
1: Looks right, like. right. And, and it's almost like laying the foundation. I mean, we've talked to so many resellers ourselves too, that talked about how their parents were entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of like planted the seed, right. For, what you wanted to do, right? Growing Mm -hmm. up. And so now I I just feel like I hear that a lot. So, um, you know, Calvin Klein, he received his fine arts degree in 1962 from the Fashion Institute of Technology and spent five years after graduation in a dressmaking company. He designed coats and suits, which makes sense, Mm -hmm. while working at the 7th Avenue New York new york fashion store and he did this for about five years yeah so again that makes sense to me you know Mm -hmm. i think uh fashion institute technology it's FITM, that's what it's called there's one in la i know that and um i knew a lot of people who went there because it's not only for uh designers it's also for merchandising or like window display anything that has to do really with like fashion and retail you can get a degree there and um you just can learn so much from from isn't it considered prestigious in the fashion space yes absolutely absolutely it is considered prestigious at
0: least i i think it is you know yeah i I feel like when i've heard of it it's like like that's the it place for where a lot of designers have gone to learn and whatnot i also think it's um it's interesting to me that when it makes sense like you had said coats and suits were like his bread and butter and you right. can see that it, even though I mean, we'll say this at the end calvin is present day not involved in calvin klein as are many of these designers they're no longer involved in their brands um but that has still carried over to present day where coats and suits have just been where I think it's kind of a big it.
1: staple like you know maybe a little bit later in his life i would say probably at the beginning it was not so much yeah um like we said we'll talk about the evolution of kind of like his brand and when he first came out but I would definitely say later on yeah yeah, I mean who who doesn't you know when you're in the thrift store and you see a beautiful coat and you're like oh it's Calvin Klein or like a really nice tailored suit and you're not surprised it's Calvin Klein so yeah it has a specific
0: structure and look to it and the quality is it's really good I mean to this day the quality of Calvin Klein is really good Mm -hmm. so in 1968 um, so he's been working in the store, right? So in 1968, he starts Calvin Klein coat business. So he starts his own business and it's with his childhood friend. And they only had $10,000 to do this, which think about that back then, 10, 10 grand was a lot in 1968. Yeah. But, to even, but even still from the ground up to start this coat business, I mean, that was impressive. Right. Um, he started with suits and coats, but started to emphasize on men's separates and coats and started to create things for the younger crowd that he started to see like, okay, there's more to this than me just creating this like business attire that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. After being on the cover of Vogue, Calvin expanded his line to include women's. So during this time, Calvin is working in the store, starts his own store. I um, didn't include this in here, but this man walks into his store, some business guy, walks in thinking he was going into a Saks Fifth Ave or something, but walks into Calvin's store and realizes like, oh, this guy creates really nice things Mm -hmm. um, and buys like so many pieces. I forget how many, it's like like $50,000 worth of pieces, something like that, something crazy. And that's what sparked this conversation with this friend to be like, hey, maybe we've got something going here and we we can expand this up. Um, Calvin starts to get kind of traction in, in the media, the, how these designers usually do ends Mm -hmm. up on Vogue, which is the magazine you want to be on. If you're a designer, that's like your big launch into mainstream media. And he realized that, okay, I've been doing men's, but there's actually this whole other side (laughs) of women's fashion (laughs) that I could be focusing on sound familiar to the Levi's episode that we had Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where Halston focused on women from the start and then expanded to men's yeah that's very different
1: very different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so after that you guys from 1973 to 75 Calvin won the Coty Awards three times which is the most that anyone has ever won and the Cottey Awards I actually went to look it up too but it's like the Oscars right for fashion it's probably the most prestigious award that is out there um you know I'm trying to see, like, when I looked at there, they don't actually do them so much anymore, which I thought that was kind of interesting. But again, you know, it was like the, the top award that you could get at the time for a fashion house. So the fact that he's won it three times over, you know, goes to show you like this man does know what he's doing. And it's a very, very impressive resume. Right. And then, and then, oh, go ahead, Daniela. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, and during this time period, you've mm-hmm. got
0: Ann Klein, Liz Claiborne, Halston is still a thing in this time period calvin Mm -hmm. tommy ralph lauren like they're all out at the same time and they're all big time design oscar (laughs) de la renta and this guy's winning it three times Mm -hmm. and there's a reason for that we're going to get into that as to why he stuck out compared to everyone else
1: you know what just cracks me up though is like (laughs) when you name off all those people i mean like Bill Blass is also in there Yes, and, like, Bill Blass, oh, <laughs> yep, yep. People. and these are all like these lines where I'm just like, Ugh, uh, like you right? know, right. <laughs> Total crazy. But that's because
0: we knew it when they became like these cheap,
1: when they became, yeah, like, like more, uh, like accessible brands, you know what yeah. I mean? More like mall brands, or they just started to branch out a lot more. Right. Like I know Gloria Vanderbilt is another one, yeah. you know, all these brands that were like really high end, maybe in like 20 years, this is how we're going to feel about like, Reformation and Christy Dawn and <laughs> Doan. <laughs> it's true. Well, I don't know about Doan, but,
0: <laughs> but yes, that's, the it's funny to see the way American fashion has evolved. And I think a part of that too is in the eighties, probably late seventies, early eighties, we start to see a lot of these designers go overseas too. Not a lot of them making things in house. Yes, and this is where true. I think in the nineties, you really see it when we were growing up, Um, And those brands were like just everyday brands that you found at the mall and they weren't like a big deal.
1: But you know, it's funny that you mentioned this because I think this is why too, when sometimes I've gone thrifting and I'm sure that you guys have all seen this every once in a while, I see a Liz Claiborne piece or an Anne Klein piece that's vintage. And I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's a cool piece. Mm -hmm. That's not what I would expect from Liz Claiborne in my head, 2022, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, that's why sometimes it it could be worth picking up some of those pieces because they're definitely highly sought after, you know, and they're well-known brands that people know about. So just something to think about, but yeah, anyways, we digress (laughs) in the late seventies, Calvin Klein started a cosmetics line. So believe it or not, this was not as popular as the clothing which is kind of crazy to me, right? When, we, when you now know all about kind of Calvin Klein, but the, the company did suffer a financial loss and they decided to pull fragrances and makeups for a few years so that they can focus on their best-selling items, which is blue jeans. Okay, let's talk about blue jeans. But isn't that wild? Like they
0: pulled fragrance, like, okay. So, okay, yes, because fragrance right now is one of the number one selling things, right? Like when you think of Calvin Klein in the early 2000s, you thought of blue That's jeans, just- You thought of t-shirts, underwear, and fragrance. Those are the four things in Y2K that were like the it thing. I think that when companies start to do this, because we see it today, they start to go into makeup and all of these other things. It doesn't always work because they're trying to just branch out into everything. And I feel like that's what Calvin Klein Cosmetics Was It was like, okay, we've done that. We've done jeans. We've done this. We've done suits. We've done all these different things. What haven't we touched yet? We haven't touched makeup. So let's do makeup. Mm -hmm. The fragrance thing was an interesting thing to pull as well, because fragrance develops over time. And typically fragrance doesn't really go away. Like there are some fragrances like Gloria Vanderbilt fragrances, Chantilly, like all of these things that yes, are very old school but they the still sell like and they sell make white diamonds <laughs> you know like but those are still things that sell today I feel like some of those brands become timeless like some when it comes to fragrance yeah so that part of it's interesting to me it doesn't surprise me that they pulled makeup real quick because makeup if you if, if your formulation is incorrect if your colors don't stand out to people you're gonna fail mm, very true very true you just are but the blue jean okay Who remembers the Calvin Klein in the early 2000s, the blue gene? That's when I remember them. But they really started in the 80s, okay? The 80s is when the Calvin Klein gene became the it thing. And if you listen to our episode about Halston last year, we talked about how Halston and Calvin, you know, they kind of had this little bit of a rivalry going on because, um they, Halston didn't really want to do jeans, but Calvin was taking off in the jean market and Mm -hmm. Calvin just kind of continued on with it. And other brands followed suit with that. But um, Calvin introduces them for men and for women and introduces men's and women underwear. Mm -hmm. And this is where you see Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark when he was young, (laughs) all right, walking around in a CK underwear in the ads. Like who remembers that?
1: Cause I do. I totally had that poster in my room. Right? <laughs> Young Marky Mark in his underwear. My mom did not like that poster. And I was like, mom, it's Marky Mark.
0: Come on, oh. it's Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I'm I would still, take a I'm like picture remembering today that poster. It's Calvin Klein underwear. Let's be real. It was
1: Yeah. I think I think a lot of a lot of women and probably men also just like had that poster in their room and was like that's when I like I guess hit puberty.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. But that was the start of the blue jean. And during this time, okay, we're gonna see Calvin, Ralph Lauren, Tommy, they're all skyrocketing in the 80s. Like this is the American fashion time to shine. Mm -hmm. This was like the make it or break it, but this is also when Halston and Anne Klein, they kind of start to decline a little bit um, because these other things are taking off. I want to say it's more of like that streetwear vibe, right? You're appealing to the masses where brands like Bill Blass and Anne Klein and Oscar were just a very niche way of dressing.
1: I think so. I think when you look at kind of vintage... And Klein or Liz Claiborne, it, it, it has more of like, um, I don't want to say refined look, but um, you know, it's just a more tailored, more structured where I felt like Calvin and, and Tommy and all of them, they just were more about like streetwear.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely more about streetwear
0: and Calvin in particular was able to stay relevant during this time in design clothing that was modern that these other brands were really struggling to continue to do. So in 1993, Calvin was named America's best designer. So think like, that's just wild to me that there's all these up and coming designers in the 80s and 90s, but he was still on top. He was the number one American designer. And he was very much during this time where in the beginning, he really focused on men's in the 80s and 90s, he's really starting to focus on the American woman. And that was his inspiration for the majority of the things he came out with from the 90s until he no long, until he sold the company in the early 2000s. And he was always a fan of the minimalistic look, which I think is 100% Calvin Klein. You will not find any Calvin pieces that are like, I don't know. Overly
1: designed, over the top. The only thing I can really and- think of is sometimes he does go bold with his floral patterns. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. probably about it.
0: Yeah, but there isn't like anything where you look at it you're like that's Calvin. Like it's very streamlined, it's very classic cuts and simple and minimalistic, just the way that he wanted it. And that's 100% the way that you see it. Um while he was known for his blue jeans, which is happening during the Halston era, Calvin also wanted to start advertising jeans on TV. And this is where he started to become controversial. And you know what this reminds me of as we start Mm -hmm. talking about it? It reminds me of Abercrombie. And I feel Mm -hmm. like Abercrombie took inspiration from Calvin during this time because-
1: he was a little risque with his ads and stuff that he put That's out there. That's such a good point because if we go back to the Marky Mark poster, like it yeah. definitely has Afro vibes. Now that you say that, it totally does. It does. So
0: he was. Um, so there was this infamous Blue Jean commercial with Young Brooke Shields. You guys, you could Google it. It was in the eighties. If you have never seen it,
1: this episode is brought to you by Bumble.
0: And the line that she says in it is, do you know what comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. And it was her laying there like provocative poses, like them taking different angles of her body. Like it was not what you saw on TV in the eighties and early nineties. Like that's yeah. just not what
1: was on TV. I feel like Calvin was one of those people who really was at the forefront of like the whole sex cells kind of thing, yes. because he- really pushed the boundaries, you know, and, and nobody really ever did any of this. No, because when they
0: pulled the ad, guess what? It ended up going back on TV because they realized their ratings were through the roof and everyone wanted it. And they wanted to sponsor this ad. So at first the media was like, Whoa, we can't put this on TV. And then they Mm -hmm. realized the response that they got. And they were like, wait, this sells.
1: Yeah. And and we're this gonna kept put this going and this kept going. I mean, everybody remembers most Calvin Klein's ads were always, you naked. know, black and white, <laughs> half naked, beautiful models, yep. you know, all like hugging each other, rolling <laughs> around in the sand and in the water, around like, in the sand and like selling who knows what. Yes, but everybody yes. knows those commercials and the yes. and 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 the print ads too. You know, mm-hmm. I I I honestly could probably tell you that I'm sure most of us could look at like most old magazines and be like, that's a Calvin Klein ad without even looking at like mm-hmm. the actual verbiage. Right. Cause it was just so distinct the yep. way that he, he photographed the way that his branding was, was so on point at that, at that yeah. At that Even time. with
0: the, I feel like with the fragrance commercials, it was always the beach scenes. It was the, you know, the man and the woman and the water and the waves crashing on them, right? There was some type of seductive thing happening there. Mm-hmm. And then for the underwear and the jeans, it was literally the models weren't wearing anything on top. And it was just snaps, uh, snapshots of the underwear peeking on top of the Calvin Klein jeans. And that was your main focus. And they were always like, touching or there was something it was very sensual very sensual the the more that I think about it the more I'm like Abercrombie's photographers definitely took inspiration
1: from Calvin because they're almost identical replicas of each other (laughs) yeah no it's a good point it's a very good point but you know on top of all these like risque commercials right so you know he launched these blue jeans like his blue jeans right and just weeks in, in just in a week time honestly guys he was making a quarter of a million dollars like his business was booming you know his uh, first underwear model was a young gentleman running down the street calvin was in the car and stopped to get out to ask him what he did for a living and if he had ever modeled the young man stated no and calvin used him as a model for his underwear line um, that was launched do you know who the model was they
0: never said his name. I tried looking it up and I couldn't find his name. I love that he's um, but it, but was just It's just like some street. California guy, like literally running down the street. This was him when he did an interview. This is a direct quote from Calvin when he was doing an interview. And he was like, I just approached him. And I was like, hey, guess what? You're going to model for me now. And they literally took this kid and put him in the beach and he's in underwear and he's just posing. Like That's just awesome. a really ripped kid posing. Yeah.
1: That's it. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of these like these posters they were so popular like we said that his branding that people would actually like break the glass at the like you know at the bus stops that where they have the advertising people would break the glass to rip the posters and steal them like people wanted this stuff it's just absolutely crazy like how people were not only just obsessed with Calvin Klein as as a brand like I mean like as a clothing designer mm. and likes his clothing but as a brand in general mm. like everybody wanted to be a Calvin Klein girl or a Calvin Klein guy or something so and to yeah. wear that blue jeans
0: with the black CK patch in the back or, or tan they had both but like to have that like that was kind of like the le- it was the same vibe as Levi's it was the same vibe as that Um, I also want to know who out there has one of these posters that they stole from the bus stops. It's probably worth money today.
1: hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so
0: just like a lot of these American designers, Calvin sold this company in uh, 2002 to the Phillips von Houston corporation for 400 million, which is, I feel like undervalued, but I mean, maybe at the time that's what it was worth. He did stay on as a creative designer uh, for a little while, and eventually he just stopped. And today he plays no role at all in the Calvin Klein brand. He is still, you know, in the designing realm. Um, I know he does things for celebrities, but he is not a part of the actual brand Calvin Klein that we know today in the malls, Um, which is kind of sad. But also at the same time, I feel like you reach a point in your career where you don't necessarily need to be tied to that brand anymore. It's its own thing. And you can kind of focus on other things that you may want to do.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think this happens a lot too, with just people who have that entrepreneurial spirit that once kind of you've set up and established something like you're ready to move on and, and you're like, you thrive in the growth and you thrive when it's almost like a struggle. So you're like, I got to get through this. I got to make these numbers. I've got it. Like, that's where you're the most creative. So I think I see that a lot with these designers too. It's like, they've gotten into a place where they just feel like I can't take this any further, you know? So it's like, it's time to cash out and now move on to a new project. Cause a lot of them do a lot of them move on and they have a lot of smaller startup projects and a lot of them, because they sell their name, right? right. They can't, have another company with the same name. So they will name something completely different. So we might not even know that they're a part of that company. Right. I know that, you know, Halston did it too when he
0: was no longer part of Halston. He couldn't name a dress that he designed Halston, but he still dressed celebrities. He mm-hmm. just put his own name, like he put a different name on it because he couldn't use Halston. So you do find that celebrities do this. And if you were to, you know, get a list of all the red carpet, dresses and whatnot that are on there, you would find something that Calvin Klein designed on the runway today. He's still very much involved in the fashion world. He just has nothing to do with the brand. And I think the brand has stayed consistent over the years because of the way that he developed it from the start. He stayed relevant. He set the trends. He knew what was going to sell. He saw what was happening on the streets. And like, he really, he did his market research, to be honest. He didn't stay in his little bubble. He was like, okay, what do the kids want
1: yeah and i think that he really was a a forward thinker you know like mm-hmm. we kind of were talking about this a little bit before the podcast started but we had mentioned about his perfumes we all remember all of his perfumes when they came out it was like that was i feel like for me that's when like perfumes evolved and became really cool and desirable mm-hmm. and like it was the first time i remember for myself for like ck1 that I had ever heard of a unisex mm-hmm. uh, perfume. Like, who was doing unisex back then? Like, no, no one. one. You no. Know? So the fact that he did that, I remember that piqued my interest so much, and I was just like, a, I think I was like, well, I don't want to age myself, but I was pretty young. <laughs> you were probably early teenage years
0: when, yeah. And I just remember being like, popular.
1: unisex. I don't want to smell like a boy, you know? And then like you go, and you smell it and you're like, oh my gosh, this smells really, really good. And then you looked at the price tag and you're like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to get it.
0: (laughs) I can't buy that. I remember my dad's aftershave was CK Eternity that was my dad's aftershave oh. and my godfather's aftershave. So anytime I smell it, like if a guy walks by and I smell and it reminds me of my dad and my god and my godfather, because that's what they wore was eternity.
1: That was like the it aftershave. Eternity or like obsession. Obsession. Yeah. Yep. All these like, I mean, most of you, I'm, I'm hoping you guys are nodding along with us and you're like, yeah. yes, I know that. And I, like who else back then like had that kind of power in perfumes? Like that's just crazy where the perfumes themselves were just like such a coveted thing to have you know Mm -hmm. I made the joke with Daniela that like I wanted the CK1 perfume so bad but it was so expensive at the time I don't remember how much it was all I know is it was expensive and I remember going to like the local drugstore and they would always have those like smells like blah 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 or whatever it was called impressions that was the brand impressions impressions or whatever and so inspirations whatever you want to call it (laughs) and I remember getting the bottle like a bottle of it was called gender one and it was and it smelled it's I thought it smelled just like it the bottle looked like it. everything I just felt so cool that I had my gender one perfume that smelled like Mm. Calvin Klein you
0: know like (laughs) I used to make it for Angel everyone loved the perfume Angel there were impressions of Angel too I worked at Walgreens so I mean I I knew but like all of those brands they all had like a dupe and the ones that always sold out were the Calvins and the Angel those two Always sold out, (laughs) always. And Angel is just a Victoria's Secret thing, but like that took off. That would be a good deep dive right there, Victoria's Secret, because- Victoria's Secret would be interesting. They have it. And I actually worked for Victoria's Secret
1: when I was in college, so I know a lot about it. (laughs) But anyway, so like we said, why are we highlighting this brand, right? Well, it's a very, very well-known brand, right? And you usually can find it at almost any thrift store. Um, you know, and to believe it or not, there's actually some categories that can resell for some pretty good money. Um, I think a lot of us tend to leave it. Mm-hmm. I know for myself and Daniela, we were talking about, you know, how we had that episode where we talk about things that we'd like to thrift for ourselves. Calvin Klein is definitely one of them. Yeah. I have, I have really found that I've never had an issue with the Calvin Klein piece personally. Um, you know, whether it's Calvin Klein performance Calvin Klein sweaters, Calvin Klein dresses. Um, I personally really, really like their, their structured dresses, their coats. Um, You know, sometimes they have really good suits too. So if you're going, if you're finding that you're having to go back to work, you know, and you work in an office and you need to have some, some good clothing or something, that stuff is also really good. Um, So you can see like people are looking for Calvin Klein because people know the brand. They understand the construction, and the quality of it. It is expensive retail. Yes, it's sold pretty much everywhere. Not going to lie, right? Mm-hmm. But wherever it's sold for the most part, it's still going to cost you some money. It's not yeah. usually cheap, right? Some, like sometimes, yes, you might be able to find it for a good deal. But anyways, you know. Wait, can we for, go
0: back uh, to CK Performance? I have yeah. two pairs of leggings, CK Performance they're probably the softest and most comfortable leggings that i own like now they're not like workout leggings even though mm-hmm. that's what they're classified as to me they're more like a lounge legging than a workout legging but yeah. they're comfy
1: yeah yeah i would i would agree with you i think that ck performance is better loungy or like going for a walk yeah, or doing yeah it's not some like slow yoga workout attire yeah it wouldn't be like hardcore workout But some of the brands that I want to highlight and that I want to talk about are the first brand that we all know, that white tag Calvin Klein, right? So that's the mainstream line. And that's basically sold everywhere from department stores, to discount stores. But there are specific categories in there that we're going to talk about that can do really well and can command, you know, some some decent profit. The next one is Calvin Klein Collection. So now this is gonna be like their Lux brand. I know that you guys have seen or heard from other resellers when they talk about like Michael Kors Collection, you know, or like any, any time. That's like the best example that I can think of, right? Where there's a difference between Michael Kors and then Michael Kors Collection, right? So the collection is going to be that luxe brand. Um, you know, in for the most part, I find that this one is just OK. There's not a lot of research and a lot of things that I could find in the reselling secondary market. But, um, you know, the construction is, is better. You know, the materials are more luxe. However, they did shut this brand down in 2019 anyways, so that they could really focus on their more market friendly brands, as they like to say.
0: I found a Calvin Klein Collection blazer, and while it does get a lot of attention, it will not move for the price that you think it's going to move. So I have sent it off to the real real, and I'm waiting for them to price it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally, I, when I sent it to them, they priced it like fifty bucks because thought, I thought—I don't think they realized it was Calvin Klein Collection. I thought—I think they thought it was just Calvin Klein. So I reached out and I was like, "Hey, this is Calvin Klein Collection, which is considered their luxe line." I I know it doesn't exist anymore, but could you just take another look at it? And they're evaluating it because they did have it marked as just Calvin Klein. Um, So they're going to look at it again. Calvin Klein also has another Lux line where it's like their address. And I forget what it is. Have you seen it, Jen? It's like their, it's like the coordinates or something. And it's, um, oh, it escapes me. But it's, it's, it's Lux. It's on the real, real as well. Um, I, it might be a diffusion from the Calvin Klein collection. Like it might be a sub brand of that, but I know Jack and Ryan have talked
1: about it too. Let me see if I can Google it real quick. Yeah, so look I and see if you can Google it and find it. Cause like, as you know, like these brands are going to have a lot of different lines, so right? Much. Cause they've been around for a really long time. Um, another brand too, while Danielle is looking that up, is Calvin Klein jeans. So you'll actually see it says Calvin Klein and then jeans underneath it um, or right next to it. And then this is just a diffusion brand and it's targeted to a younger audience. So I probably wouldn't really spend a lot of money or time investing in Calvin Klein jeans stuff, but, um, you know, you never find something cool. Right. (laughs) i found it okay so i'm gonna read a little
0: brief article this is from um the guardian the american fashion brand calvin klein has announced that it is shutting its luxury collection business it will instead focus on existing categories including denim and underwear it comes after the unexpected departure of calvin klein's creative director Raph uh raf simons or simmons simons i think formerly of christian dior and jill sanders blah 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 the designer who changed the category's name okay so this guy changed the name from calvin klein collection to calvin klein and it's the address 205 west 39 nyc so that's so if you see that in the label of calvin klein it's 205 w which is west 39 nyc so that that's that's the other Hmm. it was calvin klein collection and then they renamed it interesting
1: interesting Well, I like it. Learning all these facts. (laughs) All Uh, right. Where are we here? Reselling wise, right? So Calvin Klein is very 90s and can Mm -hmm. be a very Y2K heavy brand. So here are a few categories that you kind of want to focus on when it comes to looking up vintage Calvin Klein. Um, So vintage spell out stuff. So I have found some of the vintage tees do really well. Um, You know, ones that have like that old, the big CK on them, you know, those can do really well. Um, And then of course, any, anything that really has that spell out. So for example, I'm trying to look here, Um, vintage, sorry, I had it a little bit lower (laughs) in my thing. So one of the big, big bolos that I've been looking at, and I cannot believe it, are their overalls. So Calvin Klein has these overalls that have like a white CK patch, like right in the middle of the chest. And from what I have seen, you guys, these go for $50 or over.
0: Mm-hmm. I've seen
1: them from $90 to $120. So that's a major bolo. And that's whether it's the, um, are they called short, shorter rolls or <laughs> what are they called when they're I short? Don't know. I don't know whether it's the pant or the (laughs) shorts version pick them up they do very very well and then for me Calvin Klein jeans okay Calvin Klein jeans vintage is tricky I have personally found that I know that Calvin Klein has generally two types of jeans he has the type of that jean that has like a certain like a loop shape on the Mm -hmm. pocket Yeah, yeah, yeah right those generally do not do well whether it's vintage or not what i have found that has done well and has done well for me in the past is the calvin klein with a big leather patch on the butt that says zk generally those do pretty well the shorts and the jeans what i mean pretty well i mean like probably 30 40 dollars which is not bad if you're picking them up generally i find those at like church sales for like a dollar you know yeah, so that you know, I need the bins, something exactly. like that. Yeah, if you can find them there, those generally do well. But the Calvin Klein ones with, like I said, that like, it's like a tan thread color. That's like his popular jean style. I remember there was a documentary all about that actual design and that he stole that design from some like <laughs> European designer. I, I forget, it's me. on Netflix, I think. But anyways, it's really, really interesting about how Calvin Klein could be a sleuth ball. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I would say focus on the big leather patch stuff. And then, like we said, like the perfume shirts too. Mm-hmm. I saw that there was an obsession shirt that went for like $50. So like the vintage that's perfume crazy. shirts also do really, really well. So kind of interesting, but yeah. that's for vintage. Now for today's stuff, um, I'll quickly just talk about underwear. If you five it you, if you just happen to have a box of underwear sitting at the I'll house around, or- <laughs> yeah. I'm, so you're I'm not say, use. saying sell used underwear or vintage underwear. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can have
0: certain types, but not Calvin. Yeah.
1: But those seem to do really well. People seem to, to look for those on the secondary market and they seem to sell pretty quickly. Um, not for a lot, but People seem to be looking for them. Um, But something else that I think that you really want to focus on are his dresses. So his dresses, right? It's really more the career wear dresses that you want to focus on, number one. And number two, his cocktail dresses or fancy, you know, party or wedding guests. Wedding, yep. Yes, yes. So a lot of these dresses actually do really well. So let's focus first on the career wear. So career wear, it's all over the place. Okay. You're going to look at the sold on Poshmark and be like, Jen, what are you talking about? That sold for $10. Like, come on. All right. I get it. But there are certain trends that I'm seeing that do tend to do really well. Of course, new tags. right? Yeah. You find new tags, Calvin Klein dress, and it's not priced up at your thrift store, which it probably will be, but you never <laughs> know. <laughs> um, that can, that actually can sell quite well. Also the bold colors, specifically red His red does really, really well. And people tend to really be looking for his red. And then like that other ones I saw were like his bold greens, his yellows are high sellers. They're all mid-length, solid colors, kind of that neoprene feel. Some of them have exposed gold zippers, you know, kind of in the back. Um, But again, the red just seems to be a, a, a favorite of people, what they're looking for. Then of course, like I said, new with tags and then plus size, believe it or not. I think that he has really, or his company has been able to just cut a woman. That sounds really gross. Cut a woman, but cut a woman so beautifully, you know? And so like the plus size line does really, really well because it just knows how to like tailor the shape of a woman in a very, very flattering way. So I know that like plus size does very well. I've seen, like I said, some plus size dresses, you know, selling, um, you know, with over $50, you know, yeah. new, new with tags most of the time, but you know, maybe some of the, the, um, ones that are used like $30, Hey, 30 bucks. If I'm getting, picking up something for five bucks, I'm pretty happy with that. You yeah. Know?
0: I think, uh, to go off of the career stuff too, I think his, uh, blazers that are new with tags, um, or they could be used to, I just think, it's hard where where I am and where Jen is to find Calvin Klein at the thrift store under $10. Like it's, it's really hard because they know the brand and it tends to be priced up quite a bit in our thrift stores. But if you can get it at a good price, like I've sold my own personal blazers because we're not wearing blazers anymore at work. So I sold all of mine and some were DKNY and some were Calvin Klein. And I was able to sell them between that 30 to $45 mark. Now I paid a little bit more than that, but you know, if you can get it a good price point, and I feel like that's a a healthy range for a Calvin Klein career piece is like that 30 to 45 newer tags, you're going to get a little bit higher. Um, But I think the important thing to remember about this is people know Calvin Klein, people know how it fits their body. People are comfortable buying it online, whether it's used or new. So Mm -hmm. I feel like yes, as resellers, we kind of stray From these brands because of the price point in the thrift stores. But if you can find it at good price points, you're probably going to move it
1: real quick. And it's going to be like one of your top sellers. Yeah. And you know, um, like you said, if you're a bin shopper, I remember I used to pick up Calvin Klein at the bins and I would just send it to like thread up and they, it actually does pretty well there. It sells. So it's just another option, you know, for you to have. Um, And then I will say the last Career wear kind of thing too would be his shoes. I would only focus on heels, pumps, kitten heels only. Yeah. A lot of people seem to really like those, just those styles of shoes. Um, and uh, if they're not, if you see them at the thrift store and they're not for a lot of money and, and you, they hardly have any wear, uh, like any wear to them, um, they can sell up, you know, to about forty dollars. So forty dollars is a pretty yes. good deal, I think, for you know, for a pair of Calvin Klein heels. But again, it's got to feel kind of career wear ish, you know? So like I said, like that, a stylish pump is the best way that I would describe that.
0: I can't imagine wearing heels to the office anymore.
1: I can't imagine wearing heels anywhere anymore.
0: I don't want to ever go back to
1: that ever. Like I don't want to ever wear heels
0: in the office again.
1: No, I, I brought, I, um, I just recently went back to Massachusetts and I had to stop in somewhere where I had, I was going to wear heels and, um, I put the heels in my bag and had my flats on, you know, so that as soon as I would walk into the office and I would just like quickly slip them on, they Mm -hmm. never came out of my bag. (laughs) (laughs) I have not worn heels.
0: I can't even tell you how long at work. It's been at least two and a half years since I've worn heels at work.
1: The idea of wearing heels, it's just like, I just have to like (laughs) mentally prepare myself for it. I'm just like, all right, here we go. Let's put the band aids in the yep, purse. Yeah, I'm gonna be so uncomfortable. My don't, foot's gonna bleed. It's gonna I be don't awful. care how comfortable they claim that these shoes are. I'm no, I know. I'm still gonna be uncomfortable. And yeah. <laughs> um so something else to look out for like I mentioned earlier uh was their you know the cocktail dresses right the the wet like a wedding guest or fancy party kind of dress so a lot of these you know you want to look for their like maxi solid colored dresses again they tend to do very very well and then also we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier too their floral dresses Mm. he definitely has this really great pattern of florals it's not dainty florals it's really mm. bold and in your face and like the colors are really bold as well I really do like the prints of his mm. floral stuff and generally people really like them too they're, they're they're amazing wedding guests like spring wedding you know kind of um, dresses to wear doesn't matter the length those seem to people seem to really look for those and like those so um, the ranges like I said they're pretty big but anywhere from 20 to 60 dollars new with tags. I mean that's really not bad you know and then of course like his um what I did notice though was that his like pastelli floral seem to do a little bit better too um mm-hmm. other prints though don't seem to come out command a high resale value I know he has a lot of like those like contoury dresses not contour but like they're cut so that they like make you look like you have a certain type of figure yeah. those don't seem to do very well or anything with like herringbone or any type of other patterns don't seem to like really be that exciting for people. So um but the maxi solid color dresses these ones these do really really well and these are from anywhere from fifty dollars to a hundred dollars. Like look it up guys like people yeah. are looking for like a really nice long dress you know that's like it's fitted it's sculptural you know and then like I said generally though that's going to be in solid colors.
0: I can speak from experience I have a Black tie formal wedding to go to in October, and I cannot tell you how difficult it is to find a nice, maxi, solid color dress that's fitted but comfortable
1: and also, and not scratchy for my short. <laughs> also, speaking from a shorty, I'm a shorty, yeah, you know, um, because of this, the material that Calvin uses it's really easy to tailor and to him because i have found too my my problem when i'm ever i'm finding a long dress is that when i do find one right they're really long for me even if i have to like suck it up same. and wear the heels right <laughs> same <laughs> but then they're like super intricate the dress and so it costs a lot of money to get it tailored yep. and with a calvin klein one because it's simple but structural and it and it fits really great it's so much easier to get it tailored too. Cause you're not like ripping apart a bunch of beading or lace or, you know, whatever it no, is. Or it's like that. sheer mesh paneling
0: and they've got to cut that and then put yeah. it back together. It's such a pain. Yeah, I don't think people realize how much a pain it is. Like if you don't want to wear heels, because sometimes I try on dresses, and I'm like, I gotta wear a five inch heel with this. then not happening. Dress is going back. Nope, not doing it. <laughs> not, because for me to hem that dress is going to cost me just as much as it did for me to that, the purchase price, if
1: not mm-hmm. more. Oh, I'm doing it. And it's Whoa. awful. Well, I have to, because I'm so short. Like I want to feel a little bit tall, but the funny thing is that like, okay, now we're really going off topic here is that Bye. I have a pair of Jessica Simpson. Okay. First of all, Jessica Simpson heels that are platform black heels. They are so outdated. And I absolutely <laughs> look at these and I'm just disgusted by them but they're comfortable they're super comfortable and they're like five inch platform heels but because of the wow. platform part yeah it makes it easy for you to walk in yeah, yeah so yeah. if you do ever need heels get a platform heel yes I know they're not as like fashionable right now but yeah. who cares you're wearing a long dress no one's gonna see no it. one's gonna see it anyway <laughs> I always That's wear those those are my go-to man. she's taken off
0: in the fashion space yeah I know. Like, survived everything.
1: It's funny because like all my shoes like are all like Madewell, Everlane, Jessica Simpson. And then there's a Jessica Simpson pump in
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> I have never owned anything Jessica Simpson, but I will say when I'm at the thrift store and I find something and, I, and I'm like, oh, this is really cute. Oh, it's Jessica Simpson. Okay, Jessica. I
1: have never owned anything from Jessica Simpson other than these shoes, believe it or <laughs> not. She, they, but they sell
0: Jessica Simpson and Macy's. Like they sell it everywhere. Kohl's, Marshall. You know, New but New it, it's like
1: it's just not a brand that I've ever myself personally have gravitated yeah. towards. But, but I cute. needed a pair of platform heels and it just so happened that those were the ones that were there at TJ Maxx or Ross or wherever I got them. And I've had those, I wore those on my wedding because I had to wear a long dress Yep. and they're great. They're great. I've even highlighted them once in like my Instagram stories. Like, should I get rid of these? And I think it was like 90% of people were like, yes, get rid of those. And I'm like, no, I can't. Those are hideous. <laughs> Why do you still have them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got rid of all my heels. Oh, yeah. Now I have two pairs, the just consensus ones. And then I have some really nice, like, um, Stuart Weitzman's ones. Mm-hmm. But those are the ones that like, every time I go to wear them, I start to like sweat. And I'm like, I don't know if I can this do this. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> anyway, so yes, everybody, there are some pieces and some things that you can find from Calvin Klein. The last thing is some of their, some of their bags. I've actually sold some of my
0: old I Calvin Klein bags. Love Calvin Klein handbags. I don't care what anyone says. His leather on those, well, that was not him anymore, but the leather on the handbag is so soft. Yeah. Yeah, it's very soft. So very nice. soft. My mom it can, loves it can, Calvin Klein well. bags.
1: Yeah, they can do pretty well. So you know, leather bags. So like their totes are really popular. So again, you know, kind of like you see like that like business kind of feel. Mm-hmm. You know, holistic woman. That's what you need to think of. Yes, absolutely. But um, I want to say that's all I have for you folks. Um, so there's some good stuff there. So you never know. Like again, if you find some uh, overalls though from Calvin Klein.
0: telling you i I think anything that's americana i think Mm -hmm. that's a good way to like when you think of americana in the late 70s 80s to like y2k like that that era of fashion so your denim minimalistic styling women's dresses um women's business attire Uh, i feel like with men's i really think of streetwear that's what I really think of when it comes to mens with a lot of these designers, not just Calvin. Um, I I don't feel like, even though today we think of Calvin for menswear in terms of suits and all that kind of stuff, um, I, I don't feel like that's what I think of for what's what was the it thing for him uh, during that time. He may have started off that way, but it was everyone wanted Calvin for streetwear, just like everyone wanted Tommy Hilfiger for streetwear, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. that was the thing you know it's, it's interesting to do these deep dives because we think we know the designers and we know
1: the brands but we really don't <laughs> I don't think so I don't think we do honestly because I think that we know the name yeah um, but we don't ever at least not all of us some of us might I know right. I didn't for every single one you know do kind of like deep dives like on some of these brands and what are they about and who are they who is the designer behind it what's the story and maybe sometimes you're like you know what I don't care it just makes me money but (laughs) at the same time it's like for me I think it's really interesting to kind of understand a little bit as to like what is the origin story of this person why is this person so popular what is what makes he or she or their their brand interesting right that people Mm -hmm. want more of it so um and like we said I think that Calvin Klein is a good one to talk about because we all know it We all see it and we all understand it, right? There are so many other brands I know that we could talk about, but- Sometimes these brands are just not obtainable for everybody, right? Yeah. Whether it's new or resale. So, I think it's really great sometimes that we take a little step back and we just kind of focus on these brands that we all know every day and and cherry pick and choose like what are things that we should be looking out for for them and and kind of understanding a little bit more of their background. Like you said, Daniela, I personally love understanding the background of these brands. Um just cuz I'm just a fashion nerd in that sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I also think as like a reseller or someone who who enjoys clothing and fashion, right? And like building a wardrobe, you don't necessarily have to be a reseller, but like understanding why a brand became what it was and is today. And what are those pieces that maybe you could add to your own capsule wardrobe because it's just a classic piece. Like, I just think that's so fun to um, understand why society as a whole likes the brand. And I think it makes you a better seller, business owner, to have that knowledge because you, you know what to look out for because you know what was really popular during a given time. So if you're a vintage seller and you're listening to this, it kind of gives you a good idea of like what people might be looking for in the vintage world when it comes to these Americana brands. I also think it's interesting to, to do these uh, like research episodes on American brands because they are the most accessible to all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think if we have a better understanding of them and understanding as to why the consumer wants them, but maybe wants them at a discounted price because they are expensive new. If you buy this stuff at Macy's, you are spending over $100 on the majority of this.
1: A hundred percent you are. A hundred percent. Like I said, yes, you can find Calvin Klein almost anywhere, but you're not it's, gonna it's, find it's, everything
0: though.
1: <laughs> you're not gonna find everything number one. And also like number two, depending on what they ship to that store makes right. a big difference as well. But like you said, like I know we were we were talking about this too. It's like Calvin Klein to us was a very luxe yeah. brand. Yes. Before I was reselling, it was very luxe. and it was like, oh wow, that's a Calvin Klein shirt, you know, and it's like that's mm-hmm. expensive. So yeah. mm-hmm.
0: and I, I feel the same way about Michael Kors. Like, yeah, oh, reselling,
1: yeah. Michael Kors was like,
0: that was like the next step from Coach. Like, oh, you have a Michael Kors bag, you have a Michael Kors dress. Like, that was to the average person who's not a reseller, that's a big deal. And I think sometimes we get away from that when we're mm-hmm. reselling. We kind of forget how the everyday consumer functions, yeah. right? What they purchase. Not everyone is looking for the things that. We are always trying, we're always looking for.
1: Oh, I can never find you know this, like Saison, or I can never find yeah, the the, the average person has no idea what that is. Gucci, yeah, I can never, no, no, yeah, like they don't know, they don't know what that is. And let's be honest, we didn't know what that was before reselling. You know, that should be that should be an episode like brands that I had never heard of before I started reselling, like 90% of them, like 90% of (laughs) what.
0: maybe all of them with the exception
1: of like two, like, it, like, let's, let's be, actually would be a really fun episode. Yeah. It would literally yeah, be a that? less listing every single thing in our closet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how we learned about it, because yeah. I think some of these, we just happened to fall on and I think others were obviously we heard it from the reselling community, but uh, yeah, that would be a really fun episode.
1: Hmm. we're going to write that one down guys. I think so. I think so. But yeah, I think that this was a really great deep dive. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed, Mm -hmm. you know, us going into a little bit of the history of Calvin Klein and, um, you know, like you said, look him up. I think he's a really interesting character. And I think that his
0: interviews, he's, he's something, (laughs) (laughs) he
1: is something.
0: And it's just his personality, man. Oof. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think like to be a visionary, sometimes you got to be a little crazy. You got to right? be a little bit like that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, he's fun. I, I give him that, but I would be very intimidated by the man. hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, if you guys have an idea of like another American designer you'd like for us to go through, let us know. I, we, I think we have some thoughts as to who we would like to in, uh, interview. Yeah, right. I wish but um, <laughs> talk about next, but shoot us a DM, leave us a message on the Instagram post for this episode. Let us know what other designers you want to hear from us and us research that. And uh, yeah, we will be back next week, guys, with another episode. Bye. Bye-bye.